Welcome to episode 22 of A Course in Miracles for Social Justice Activists. I'm your host, Mike Rivar Sewell, and today we're focusing on Lesson 14 of ACIM's Workbook for Students. Its leading thought reads like this, God did not make a meaningless world. God did not make a meaningless world. This lesson is extraordinarily important because it elaborates an idea that is often misunderstood by social justice activists, even to the point of their discontinuing the course at this point. That is, if they hadn't already done so on page one, when the course is summarized in the memorable words, nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists herein, lies the peace of God. Following that line of thought, Lesson 14 puts it this way, and I'm quoting here, a meaningless world is impossible because, get this, the world you see has nothing to do with reality. It is of your own making, and it does not exist. It also says, Think of all the horrors of the world that cross your mind. Name each one as it occurs to you, and then deny its reality. Say, for example, God did not create that war, and so it has no reality. God did not create that airplane crash, and so it is not real. God did not create that disaster, specify one that comes to mind, and so it is not real. God did not create cancer or heart attacks, and so they are not real. God did not create, and here you can specify some difficult situation in your own life, God did not create it, and so it is not real. What? Does A Course in Miracles really say that it's all in your mind? Does it teach that I've somehow created the world that I see and that I should ignore evil simply by denying its reality and instead think only positive thoughts about some imagined perfect world as God created it? Isn't that what philosophers call solipsism? I mean, is ACIM trying to convince me that I alone exist and that I've created the entire world in my mind and that I've created you as well. And isn't that what solipsism is? If so, and here I'm thinking as a social justice warrior, show me the exit. I've already had enough of A Course in Miracles. I refuse to deny the reality of war, hunger, preventable disease, racism, patriarchy, and imperialism. That's what I want to see ended. And I believe that was true for Jesus as well. Remember, ACIM claims to embody the voice and teachings of Jesus. But let me assure you here that solipsism is not what A Course in Miracles teaches. Instead, what it does propose is a profound redefinition of reality, 
of the word real. Now, please try to stick with me here. For ACIM, real means what is permanent, what is lasting and indestructible, what will never disappear. For instance, today's war in Yemen is not real because it will eventually disappear. One day it will seem like a bad dream. And the same is true for severe illness like cancer. If I have it, a day will come when I won't. I'll die or I'll be cured. My personal tragedies will also one day end. In the language of A Course in Miracles, they are not real. In fact, for A Course in Miracles, since everything except God's ultimate being will pass, nothing apart from God's reality truly exists. Nothing apart from God has any meaning. Meaninglessness belongs to the human realm. It's found in Plato's cave. In fact, that's a central teaching of ACIM. This too will pass. God's reality is all that truly exists. And who is this God that alone is real? Let me put it this way. Let me try this. In a universe where, as quantum physicists have discovered, everything is energy, even though much of it appears to be solid, God is the sum total of all such reality in the universe. This includes the energy of consciousness. Such universal conscious energy finds expression in what human perception identifies as solid objects like animals, plants, minerals, soil, water, human bodies. So contrary to common belief, God's energy as it appears not only in human beings but in those animals, mountains, rocks, water, and soil is conscious and can be addressed interpersonally and even prayerfully. However, in the language of A Course in Miracles, none of the externals of those objects is real in the sense of everlasting. Each will pass away as it now appears, as its energy melts back into God's universal quantum. Well, the bottom line here is that for A Course in Miracles, only the divine energy underlying the object's appearances is truly real, truly exists, has any meaning. What I'm saying here is that ACIM uses the term real analogously. In fact, analogy is all we've got when it comes to discussing ultimate realities in the meaning of life. And that's because human language was invented to describe objects encountered by human beings in everyday life. It wasn't invented to describe the transcendent. So when our necessarily limited human categories are compared to invisible transcendent reality, our perceptions necessarily appear as comparisons. Like, it's like a dream, or it's like a world of shadows, or it's all illusion. In the language of the Course, war and evil don't exist. They have no meaning. 
they too will pass. As a result, we'll end up wondering if events like war, plane crashes, and other tragedies really happened, or if they actually happened as we remember them. And confusion like that is compounded by the cultural distortions that occur in Plato's cave, where thought leaders, so-called, lie about and misrepresent objects of perception. For sure, those fabrications have no reality, no meaning. So with all of this in mind, what is Lesson 14 really saying in its leading thought, God did not make a meaningless world? Well, it's not saying that we should ignore wars, plane crashes, cancer, or personal tragedies. God's underlying presence is somehow manifest, or contradicted even, in events like those. And no manifestation of God should ever be ignored. All such apparent tragedies should be taken seriously, analyzed, prayed over, and, as we'll see in future workbook lessons, forgiven. And that word forgiven also has a special meaning in A Course in Miracles, and we'll get to that soon. And yet it remains true, as Lesson 14 says, that God did not make a meaningless world. No, the statue bearers in Plato's cave have created meaninglessness. We've created it ourselves by attempting to endow with ultimate meaning the appearances that have caught our attention, our bodies, our money, our country, our wars, our homes, our cars, our computers, and all the apparently concrete forms that life's energy takes. Compared with God's self-conscious energy, all those entities are unreal. They're a giant step below the reality that is ultimately important. In that sense, they are meaningless. They are creations of our mind and of our culture. In conclusion, and departing from ACIM's insistence on terms unreal and illusion, while understanding those terms analogously, we might say that there are at least four levels of reality, each one more real than the previous one. And those levels include, first of all, what passes for reality within Plato's cave, those shadows. Secondly, the reality reflected in our actual dreams. They're real in a sense. Thirdly, the reality of the conscious universe as incarnated in bodies like yours and mine and in the apparently physical world. And fourthly, there's God's ultimate reality, which I earlier described as the sum total of the energy of the universe, and which includes consciousness. Along the lines of those distinctions, my own meditation teacher of 22 years, Eknath Ishwaran, puts it this way, and I've committed this to memory, and I often use it in my meditations. It goes like this. Dreams are real as long as they last. When we awake, we do not pass from unreality to reality, but from a lower level of reality to a higher one. 
is it not possible that there exists a level of reality that is higher still, compared with which the passing satisfactions of everyday life are no more lasting than a dream. Yet until we wake up, Eshwaran continues, nothing sounds more absurd than the assertion that we are dreaming, and nothing seems more solid than this world of the senses. Why should this be so? If original goodness is our real nature, why are we unable to see it? The answer is simple, Ishwaran says. It's because we see life not as it is, but as we are. We see, quote, through a glass darkly, through the distortion, distorting lenses of our mind, all those layers of feeling, habit, instinct, and memory that cover the pure core of goodness deep within. Ishwaran's words, I think, well summarize the teaching of A Course in Miracles, Lesson 14, and of A Course in Miracles in general. We'd all do well to meditate on those words of Ishwaran as a practical response to the lesson at hand. Dreams are real as long as they last. When we awake, we do not pass from unreality to reality, but from a lower level of reality to a higher one. Is it not possible that there exists a level of reality that is higher still, compared with which the passing satisfactions of everyday life are no more lasting than a dream?